Fantastic. You all good this morning? You all right? Yeah. Uh, this morning, I just want to uh, share a few thoughts with you on, um, on a story that has been close to my heart that I've personally drawn inspiration from in my, for my own walk over the last couple of years. And um, I want to talk to you this morning about breakthrough. Breakthrough. Turn to the person next to you say, breakthrough. You're going to break through. Often the... Um, Often this term, this term often gets used in, in, in church. Uh, you know, God wants to do a breakthrough. A breakthrough this, breakthrough that. This morning I just want to see if I can articulate that a little bit and, uh, and just use a, a story that I've, like I said, have, have been inspired by that has helped me brought, uh, get breakthrough in a few areas of my life. And what does it mean to break through? To break through simply implies that there is a, there is a level, there, there is something that, uh, you're confined by something and that you want to uh, break through into a new dimension of freedom. So when we, uh, when, we break through into, when we break through something, we have broken through a barrier, we have broken through a resistance, and we've entered into a new place of freedom. We've entered into a new space of freedom, of, of movement. Uh, we've entered into a new space of growth or blessing or, or prosperity, or uh, the conflict is also, it could also mean that the conflict that we have faced has come to a conclusion or finish. We've, we've broken through the conflict. And one of the things I've discovered with all of us is we'll be facing conflict at some point. You'll face uh, difficult situations in life. Uh, there'll be times where uh, you need a breakthrough of the difficult situation. You just need the season to move and to break. Some of you, even here, would be facing difficult seasons or difficult times. Uh, maybe your journey uh, in life has been faced with difficulties and you need a breakthrough because it's not God's plan that we stay and, and our lives just remain in a place of difficulty. That's, that's not the plan of God. It is God's plan that, uh, that, that difficulties can be used to shape our lives in order to grow us, but it's not God's plan that we stay in a place of, of conflict. I mean, that's, that's not God's plan. It's not God's plan that we just stay in a place and, and, and just in one level. It is God's plan that we grow from glory to glory. It's, it's, it's the plan of God that we go from a place of death to life. That is the progression of the kingdom, not staying in a place of death, not staying in a place of cursing. It's God's plan that we go from cursing to blessing. And often along that path, we'll, there'll be different dimensions in which we move, uh, whether it's in your health, whether it's in finances, whether it's in your career, whether it's in your personal walk, whether it's in your walk with God, whether it's uh, wherever it is, wherever it manifests in your life, Always, people, I believe, are looking for breakthrough in certain areas. People are looking for a better life. People are looking for a breakthrough here. People are looking for, people are looking for one season to stop and to enter into another season of influence. And so, so this morning, I just want to talk to you about, uh, just uh, like I said, about a story that has inspired my life, that has helped me on uh, some of the journey and some of the, uh, the conflicts that I've faced into a new season of breakthrough. Not that I've broken through completely into everything that God has got for me, but I'm on a journey, just like all of us, that we're coming from glory to glory to glory. We're going from cursing to blessing to blessing to blessing to blessing. That is the progression that God wants to take you on. And I believe that there are people here today that you may be facing uh, a season of conflict. Maybe you are, you are battling something personally. Maybe you're having a battle in your family, in your personal relationship. Uh, maybe you're struggling in your finances and your health. This morning, I want to give you a couple of keys. Uh, I want to unpack this story for you that will help you as it's helped me, and I hope it helps you, to enter into a new season of blessing and, and, and to be able to break whatever conflict that you're facing around your life. Amen? Amen? I'm pretty excited about this. 
Because I know what God's got planned for people like you. Yeah? God wants to bless you. God wants to change and shift your life. And uh, so anyway, let's get into it. Too much chatting. <laughs> this story is found in Judges chapter 11. Everybody turn to Judges chapter 11. It's an incredible story. Judges chapter 11. This, uh, this morning, it's kind of a bit of a, a prophetic edge to this because I'm kind of still unpacking it. Um, and so if you are into the prophetic thing, it's great. There's some great prophetic um, pictures inside of here. Uh, so we're just going to kind of unpack. Uh, now, the Bible it talks about in Jephthah chapter, um, sorry, in Judges chapter 11, verse 1. I'm not going to read the whole thing because the whole story is quite long, but we're going to go through a little bit, then I'm going to abbreviate it. So Jephthah in verse 1. Now, Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty man of valor, but he was the son of a harlot. Amazing. Two uh, amazing contrasts there. He was a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of a harlot or a prostitute. Now, Gilead begot Jephthah, and so anyway, Gilead begot Jephthah, and then, uh, so Jephthah started to grow up in Gilead's family, and uh, uh, Gilead obviously had a, uh, had a had a time with a lady, and uh, and so he didn't end up marrying this lady, he married somebody else. And so uh, Gilead was, uh, he, he was raised in a family, he was raised in a, an environment that brought shame and um, reproach against both himself and against his father. And, and his, his uh, stepmother would have also hated him. How many people, you know, you know, there's some things in life you can choose, there's some things in life you can't choose. And one of the things you can't choose is how you come into this world. You can't always choose uh, you just can't choose your family. You can't, uh, there's some things in life you can't choose. There's some things in your life that you can choose. Those things that, that you can't choose, if you couldn't choose them, then somebody else must have chosen them for you. I'm going to get into this. So even though he didn't choose to be born the son of a harlot or to be born into the situation, Somebody else must have, there must have been a, a different plan. Somebody else must have chosen because near, none of us are born into this world by mistake. None of us come into this world as an accident. We may think or may, people may think we're an accident, but none of us here are an accident. The Bible, the Bible says that before we were in our mother's womb, we were formed by God. We were, God already knew us. So none of us were here by accident. It may, the circumstances in which Jephthah came into this world in which he grew up, may not have been in choosing, but somebody must have chosen it. And so Jephthah grew up, and, and then Mr. Gilead and, and his wife had more kids, and they, as the kids started to grow up, they must have recognized that there was something about Jephthah that was different. One of us is not like the other. You've seen my kids, it's kind of like, you know, you know who their daddy is, you know who their mummy is. <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs> but for Jephthah's family, one of these ones is not like the other one. And so all the kids started, as they started to grow up, they started to recognize this guy is different. And there was resentment started to come up, and, and, uh, and as the journey of time uh, progressed, uh, they, bitterness and, and stuff and negative emotions and feelings towards Jephthah started to arise. And it came to the point where it says that, uh, uh, and as they grow up, the, his wife's son said to him, they drove Jephthah out and said these words. You shall have no inheritance in our father's house. There is no future for you in this house. 
but you're the son of an, another woman. There is no destiny. There is no future. There's no inheritance. There's no financial blessing going to come to you. There's no blessing going to come to you from this place because you are the son of another woman. And uh, one of the things that is really, really powerful is the words of family. The words of family. And for some of you here today, uh, the words that have been spoken to you, you may have been rejected by family. There is nothing more painful than the words, hearing words that are like, there is no future for you here. There is no destiny for you here. There is no inheritance for you here. You've got to go. You're on your own, buddy. One of the things that the world struggles with is two Core, there's two core principles that the world struggle with. One is identity, one is purpose. We find our identity from our, from our family, mostly from our father. And also our purpose is strongly connected to our, to our identity. And when those things are cut off, you find yourself in a very, very awkward place. But the Bible, uh, the story doesn't end there. The Bible says that Jephthah went and he fled to the land of Tob, or Tob, however you want to say it. He fled to the land of Tob. And there he dwelt with other brethren. And then the story goes on that uh, then the people in Gilead got into trouble. The, an enemy army came in and they, they started harassing uh, Israel and they, they started harassing his family. And they were looking for somebody to, def- to deliver them. And somebody said, I know a guy called, remember the Jephthah, the, the one that we cast out? The one that we cast out. He's kind of roaming with some wild guys, but I heard he's a pretty good fighter. I heard he's, I heard he's kind of got some good things happening. Why don't we call out to him? So the Bible says that Jephthah came, they called out to Jephthah, and Jephthah came back and um, tried to negotiate a peace deal. It didn't work, and he ended up going out and destroying the enemy army and bringing freedom to the very, very people that rejected him. What a very, very powerful, powerful story that God brought breakthrough into a person's life. Here's a person that suffered, um, he was in a place of conflict. Where else can you go? He was in a place of pain. His own family had rejected him and cut him off from financial inheritance and also from identity. So for some of people here today, your circumstances may not be exactly the same as that, but you may have your own struggle that you'll be walking through right now. Everybody has a battle inside them that they are facing. Everybody does. Everybody has a secret battle in which they're fighting, in which they're trying to get a breakthrough in. Maybe you're here this morning and uh, you're facing a personal conflict. Maybe you've been rejected by family. Maybe you've, been, uh, you've suffered at the hands of the very people that should have loved you and welcomed you. Maybe you're finding a different kind of breakthrough. Maybe you're looking for a, a breakthrough in, um, in your health. Maybe you're looking for a breakthrough in your finances. Maybe you've been walking through this battle for a, you've been wandering in the desert for a long time and you just need something to shift. You just need something to shift. Here, I just want to give you a few keys that will help you. These um, keys that have helped me... Um, one of the things I, I, I got inspired by the story as I, as I read it and started to look at the different meanings. One of the things we look at is this, that um, where you run to in your time of trouble is really, really important. Where you run to in your time of trouble, where you run to in your place of conflict is important. Where do you go? Where do, what is the space in which you go to? When you need a breakthrough, what is the space that you go to when you are in trouble? You see, when Jephthah was struggling with his family, he was, he was cast out from his family. The Bible says that he went in place to a place called Tob. Where you run to is really, really important. Some people, they run to the bottle. Some people run to 
substitutes that the world offers. Some people try and bury themselves in work. Some people try and bury themselves in all sorts of things. But where you go to in your heart space, where you go to in your mind space, is really important because it will influence your life. We look at the meanings of the words in this, in this scripture, and through the meanings of the words, we build an amazing picture. An amazing picture forms as we start to unpack these, unpack these words. And as I started to look at some of the meanings of these words, the meaning of the con, the, the, it, it started to build a picture in which I drew faith from. So today I hope it will draw, help you build faith and inspire you. So Jephthah went and dwelt in a land called Tob. Some people go and live in a fantasy world. Some people go and escape into a place of fantasy to, escape, to try and fix the pain or the struggles that they're facing with in life. If you're struggling with finances, some people, uh, if you're a guy and you're struggling in your finances, some people go and try and find a, uh, they go into a fantasy type of place to, uh, to try and heal the pain. The Bible says Jephthah went to Tob, that the word Tob means good or a good place, or it also means to make good. It means to make good. It means to become upright or, or to realign. Sometimes when you run, when you into a place, you, it's, often get, it's often easy to run to a place that is just comfortable. It doesn't necessarily make you good. It doesn't necessarily make you right. Friends, there is only one person today that can make us right, and that is Jesus Christ. There is one place the Bible says that we can run to in our time of need. The Bible says, even David says, lead me to the mountain that is higher than I. There is a place that you can run to that you will not only find refuge, but you will find, you'll find it a place where, where your life can be corrected. There are always things in our life that can be shaped and molded. Something somewhere is going to shape your life. Your environment that you, you bring yourself to will shape your life. All of the time, we will be influenced. What and who will you be influenced by? will often determine the outcome of whether you get breakthrough in your life or not. One of the first places that you can run to is the presence of God. One of the first places that you can run to is the shadow of his wings. A good place is the house of God. A good place you can go to when you're in trouble is the house of God. A good place you can run to is the presence in the name of Jesus. When you and I stand in his presence, when you and I make a decision to not run away from the presence of God, but to embrace the presence of God, to get into his word, to allow his word to sink into our hearts, to get into his presence. See, because Jesus Christ made a way for us, we have access to the very presence of God. So if you're needing a breakthrough, one of the best places, the only best place you can run to is the presence of God. Don't run to a place of fantasy. Don't run to a place of false comfort. Don't try and manage or try and fix things by yourself. Come to a place where you can have your life shaped and discipled and realigned. Jephthah must have had a time in his life where he, he was, um, uh, I'm not really sure the word we, I could use for it, but it was probably his life was discipled in a way where he, he aligned his life. He had to make some decisions after coming away from this place of conflict. The decisions he made must have been very, very good decisions. Interesting, when you look at this story, the word Jephthah simply means this. It means breakthrough. So here was a person that was supposedly conceived out of a, you know what, (laughs) 
Don't have to explain that to you. People thought he was an excellent. Here was somebody who was rejected and despised, who brought shame to his father. His brothers would have been jealous of him. Life surrounded with conflict and turmoil. But Jesus has got a plan. You may in your life today may not have chosen the circumstances you're in right now. But somebody else must have chosen them and predestined. So here's a man. His name was Breakthrough. Something that identified his life. Something is going to shape and identify your life. Your life is not going to be determined. See, this is the thing. You can choose whether your life will be determined and shaped by your circumstances, by what it looks like, by what your current circumstances look like. Your current circumstances may look not very good. But that does not mean, that does not determine what your life can be. It does not determine who you are as a person. See, God had already predestined, predetermined Jephthah. Already had named, his his name was not by an accident. Because he knew that this was a person, although his circumstances were negative, he was going to be a person that would bring breakthrough one day to a whole bunch of people. There is going to be one day a whole crowd of people that are going to say, we are so grateful that Jephthah was born. There are people today, they're going to look for somebody to break through for them. People are looking for one for a breakthrough in their own lives. But people in our community today are looking for somebody who will break through for them. That breakthrough for other people, I believe, will be created and be formed by the decisions that you and I make today. If you, def- if you, des- if you choose to identify with the pain and the suffering with your rejection, then you won't live up to what God has called you to be. Your breakthrough, your decisions will have an effect that will last for generations, like I preached the other day. We don't often see the consequences of our victories. We don't often see the consequences or the long-term effect of the decisions that you and I make. When our vision or our, our, our perception is so narrow-minded or, or short-sighted or myopic. It affects our decisions, but if you start to lift your eyes, you start to fix and start to shift your perspective onto who you are, what God has created you to be. It doesn't matter what mistakes that you have made. God has got a great destiny for you. God has not created you to sit here a warmer seat. God does not bring you through circumstances like this just to hurt you because he doesn't like you. (laughs) No, 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 no. God brings us through something to shape us, to mold us, because he knows that you can break it through. He knows that you've got what it takes, that in him, in you, can make mountains shift. See, for me, when I was in a time of um, a, a time of pain, I was faced with these very decisions. Well, I could go and just bury my life somewhere else. 
I could just go and live a happy life, make lots of money, and be at peace, and I'll be all good, and that'll be good. But actually, that was a myopic view. I knew at that point that God had brought me through something because he wanted me to make something out of me. He wanted to shape something. He wanted to form something in me, not for my sake, but for the sake of a whole bunch of people. And I knew, I felt God speak to me, and if I align myself with that, then my whole world would shift. So Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valia. Interesting, I just want to just just ramp this up a little bit more. We see that one, he was a Gileadite, and his father was Gilead. You see the word mentioned twice. To me, that kind of gives meaning. It kind of puts, say, there's an emphasis here. The word Gilead means, you can see it's both a place and it's a person's name. Jephthah was a person. Breakthrough came out of something. The Bible says that Gilead, uh, Gilead begat Jephthah. And Gilead came from, uh, Jephthah came from Gilead. So there's two quite strong uh, points here that are being emphasized. One, it talks about where Jephthah came from, and it talks about who he came from. It tells us there's something powerful about where breakthrough comes from. Breakthrough just doesn't just happen. Breakthrough doesn't happen just by passively waiting. Waiting for your numbers to turn over on the lotto. There's a way that you can facilitate breakthrough into your life. So I looked up the word Millie, uh, I worked up the, looked up the word Gilead because breakthrough has to come from somewhere. It's not just an accident. So the word Gilead means this. It means a, a pile of testimony or it means a monument of testimony. A monument of testimony. So Gilead means like a pile of stones or a, a, it means a monument of testimony. Another, ter- another term for a monument of testimony is what the Hebrew were uh, the Hebrew described as standing stones, standing stones. It was called. So this means to set up. So in other words, what this would mean: if a covenant or a treaty was signed between cities or individuals, stones were erected to declare the agreement and to invoke the witness of a supernatural God. So people who walked past and they saw the standing stones would be asked would be able to ask, what happened here? What happened in this place? They would be remi- something would be, uh, they would be reminded of something. People would be reminded of something, but it would also speak as a declaration. They would have to ask, what happened here? So people would know the story and give testimony. One of the things the Israelites did was they, uh, along their journey, they always set up st- standing stones as a reminder of God's covenant and his supernatural acts on their behalf. So we look through we look through a number of examples. We look at Jacob. Jacob set up stone pillars at Bethel in order to remind, remember the powerful dream in which God reaffirmed His covenant with him. Moses built twelve standing stones at the foot of Mount Sinai after receiving the Ten Commandments and other laws. The Israelites erected standing stones to remember the, the miraculous crossing of the Jordan River and entering into a promised land. Joshua built a standing stone when a covenant was renewed. So what we see is a picture here that a standing stone or a testimony is a reminder of the promise of God God, and the covenant that God has made with you and I. One of the things that will help you, in this story here, one of the things that I've 
found out of this story here. One of the things that helped me get breakthrough in my life was to remind God of the covenant that he made and the promises that he has made with me. One of the ways that you will get a breakthrough in your life is not by just sitting there, waiting. One of the ways that you can wait for God actively and full of faith is to remind God of the covenant that he has made with you. Friends, today we don't live in the Old Testament, so we have to look at this in in an Old Testament context and then transfer it to what it means in the New Testament. What the testimony means is this. A testimony in an Old Covenant Testament is when somebody had a revelation from God, when God stepped down and spoke to somebody. Friends, God has spoken to you, I know it. God has spoken to me about my circumstance. God has made promises to me. God has made promises to you. And God is somebody who will fulfill his promises. In the New Testament, the Bible says, Peter, in, 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 in 1 Peter 2, verse 4 and 5, he said, um, coming to him is a living stone. Friends, this is, not, this is a shift now into a New Testament uh, covenant in which we live. And now we don't have to go and stand up a pile of stones. Peter sees that you and I are living stones, the Bible says. Catch this, catch this. Coming to him is a living stone, indeed rejected by men but chosen by God and precious. It doesn't matter if you've been rejected by your family. It doesn't matter what's happened in your life. It doesn't matter. There are promises of God that God has set out for you. People may have rejected you. You have even may have rejected yourself. But God has not rejected you. You have been chosen by God, the Bible says, and are precious. So it doesn't matter what you've been involved in. It doesn't matter what failures have been there. It doesn't matter what conflict. You are chosen by God and precious. That's what you are. That is a promise of God. You also, as living stones, have been built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And it also, therefore, says in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he who believes in him will by no means be put to shame. That is a promise of God for you. It doesn't matter what your look, doesn't matter what your circumstances may be like right now. It doesn't matter what you're struggling with. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, friend, when you invited Jesus Christ into your heart, He made a covenant with you. He made a covenant with you that you'll be you can find healing, that you can find blessing, that you'll be made righteous, not by anything else, but just because He is kind. That is, there are promises of God. There is a covenant that God has made with you and me, if, if all of us. When we receive Jesus into our heart, there is a covenant that is made. And one of the things to get, one of the ways to get a breakthrough in your life is when you stand on the word of God and you remind God of his covenant that he made with you. If you are suffering with sickness, I am healed. Why? Because he paid the price, because by his blood, I am healed. That is a covenant. I want to break through. I'm going to hold that up before God. If you have been rejected by people, if you've been a failure, I am not rejected by God. People may be rejected, but by his blood, I have been accepted by him. I've been adopted into his family. I've been chosen 
I am precious. Amen. When you start to, when you wait for God, waiting for God is not just sitting there saying, waiting for God's lucky numbers to come up. It's reminding him of the covenant that he has made for you. If you need financial blessing, God, today, I thank you that you own the cattle on a thousand hills, and because I'm with you, you and me, I am blessed. If you've got a problem with the, the mind somewhere, if your mind is broken or you've got fear or something like that, you've got to hold that before God. But God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a sound mind. Thank you today that, God, you have given your covenant titles me to a sound mind and I'm going to have it. This is how, friends, you get breakthrough. It's when you remind God, because out of testimony, out of that covenant, out of that monument of testimony, out of that covenant relationship, you can see the picture. When they set up a monument to remind, or to demonstrate to people, now you are the demonstration of God's covenant. You're not just a, a, a natural stone. You are a living stone. So whenever people see us, people should be reminded that you and I are a covenant made with Jesus. Jesus made a covenant with you and I. Amen? That is something to be happy about. That is something to praise the Lord about. So you've got a covenant of forgiveness. It doesn't matter what's happened or what you do. There is a covenant made that you are made righteous and that you are forgiven. That's it. It's done. It's finished. You may want to reject yourself. Because of what you do. You may have condemnation. That, ain't, that is not the covenant that Christ has given to you. That's a different one. You've got to choose which one you're going to live in. So Jephthah could have chosen to go and have a pity party. Jephthah could have chosen to embrace the destiny that his own family had for him. But he chose to embrace a different destiny. Today you can choose to embrace a different destiny. Today, if you are needing a breakthrough, there is a covenant that has already been made. And one of the things I encourage you to do is to stand on that promise. Whatever God has promised to you, you stand on that. You remind the Spirit, well, this is what God has promised to me. This is what God has promised to my family. This is what God has promised to my generation and my descendants. We will be blessed and not cursed. We will be made whole and not sick. We will be saved. We will be victorious and not defeated. One of the greatest promises that God has given us is the wonderful promise of his Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you. This is a covenant. I'm not going to leave you, but I'm going to send somebody. He's going to help you. He's going to walk with you. His name is the Holy Spirit. You know what another name for the Holy Spirit is? Breakthrough. <laughs> So you can see here the wonderful picture. Right now we live in a new covenant. The Holy Spirit has given to us to bring breakthrough into your life. One of the things as we go into this course, we want to get, to get the Holy Ghost back into our hearts afresh. Amen? Come on, why don't you just stand up on your feet right now? Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. Come on, why don't you just lift your hands up to the Lord right now. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in our hearts right now. Thank you for the covenant that you've made with us, that you'll never leave us or forsake us. 
Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence. Holy Spirit, we open up our heart afresh to you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Today, right now, just use your hands lifted up. Let you, for some of you, you may be needing a, a breakthrough. Maybe there's a conflict in your life. Maybe you're after a financial breakthrough, a healing breakthrough, whatever. Whatever your breakthrough you're looking for. Just in your heart, I want you to hold that before God right now. And on the other, other side, I want you to be reminded this morning of the covenant that Jesus Christ has made with you. He loves you. He's adopted you into his family. He adopted you because he wants you. He likes you. He thinks you're precious. Thank you, Lord. Lord, that, that testimony. Lord, this, this morning we build an altar in our hearts afresh. This morning, Lord, we remind ourselves of the wonderful price that you paid on the cross the wonderful covenant that you have entered into us with us. This morning, Lord Jesus, we build an altar. Let us be reminded afresh of the covenant that you have made with us today in the name of Jesus. Come, let's just sing a worship song this morning.